Welcome to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Main, awesome wife and dog mom for life. I'm a sex therapist turned sex coach, and I run a successful business selling relationship enhancement products. I absolutely love talking about all things sex. So you can expect this podcast to explore all things related to women's sexual health because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you discover and embrace what brings you pleasure so that you can own your sexual self. If that sounds good to you, then keep listening and let's fucking do this. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. I have on with me one of another cohort member from my Sex and Love University program. I swear, y'all, like the people that I met in this program are amazing, amazing creatures out there doing some some great, great work. And uh, with it being Pride Month, well, well, we're about to go into Pride Month with the time that we're recording this. But June, if you didn't know, is, is your Pride Celebration Month. And so we wanted to talk, use today's episode to really talk about... Um, a really specific topic about how it, how people can come out to their family members and friends and and really normalize some of the thoughts and emotions and experiences that happen around that. So who who else better than my lovely beautiful friend Sarah <laughs> to share kind of her expertise around this? So Sarah, thanks again so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here and especially part of your Pride Month celebrations. I know. I'm so pumped and Pride is something that has definitely been more near and dear to my heart. You know I work for the Pure Romance Company and our CEO of the corporation, he has a daughter who is transgender and so they started that Living with Change Foundation to help support LGBT youth and they're very known in now the Cincinnati community and so now we offer an LGBT product line and our in our services and it's and so now just through that it's like I'm able to further my education so I'm super excited to have you on today again because I know you're an expert in this field so tell us tell us a little bit bit about I mean take us like way back in the day right when did this all start from you and how did you how did you get into this field of work oh gosh um well when did it all start uh gosh I guess um you know, about 15 or so years ago, um, when I first moved to Austin, uh, I kind of, you know, started getting, I started kind of my own coming out journey. Um, at the time I was just kind of, um, you know, coming out, um, with like my sexuality as a queer person, um, a pansexual person, uh, and, you know, I was kind of just like connecting with community, like on a personal level. And then, um, you know, as kind of time went on, uh, I was a massage therapist for a while. I'm a stylist. Uh, and so I started working with the community, um, a lot more, um, especially with an organization here where I first started was working with Out Youth and they're an amazing organization here in Austin, Texas. Um, and they service, uh, LGBTQIA2 plus community, um, youth of that community specifically. They have like a community closet, lots of community outreach programs, and they do, um, they do kind of, uh, special events like for kids that are going to prom. They mm-hmm. will bring in stylists and, um, you know, get beautiful dresses and suits and outfits for them to wear and, um, you know, just make it a really like positive, affirming experience, um, through the school system when sometimes, you know, these kids don't 
always have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. And then I guess sort of like time hopping a little bit to uh, about seven and a half years ago when I met my now husband, um, Rocky. Uh, and Rocky, I was actually one of kind of, kind of, yeah, one of the first people that he came out to as uh, transgender. And I have permission from him to uh, share parts of his story and our story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just, you know, when we found each other, we both had a real desire to um, work in these like advocacy groups and serve the communities that we were a part of. And, um, you know, we just, we really, we were really energized by that in each other. So, uh, we began a couple of years, uh, into our, um, dating and marriage. Uh, we started a YouTube channel, Squirrel Baby TV, and we focus on, um, making, I guess, well, I, what I would call like edutainment mm-hmm. <laughs> and lifestyle uh, type content and videos um, for and by our community. Um, and especially, you know, to give people an opportunity to not only see uh, people that are actively um, actively able to be visible in this community because many of us are not. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want them to see that visibility, and we also want people that want to be allies to the community to have an opportunity to ask us questions mm-hmm. that they maybe um, you know wouldn't feel super comfortable asking other people, or they're not sure if they're you know maybe even appropriate questions. We want to kind of give them an opportunity to come to us so they don't have to. Uh, trial and error on their own family and friends <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um and then moving forward um from there I've just the last few years been focusing more on my actual coaching practice as a sex love and relationship coach specifically for the LGBTQIA2 plus community yes and I love that too because coming from that therapy background it was often hard to find therapists that were open and comfortable to having these different conversations you know and I I, with so many friends and things I I feel like I'm more educated in this realm of things because of the and same with you because of the work that we do but there's so often I'm talking with friends or family members that still just they they don't get it right they they either think something like this is a phase or they think because we see it now more in the media that's why more people are coming out and and I believe and I'm curious what you think like I believe we see more transgender people coming out, just see more people coming out in general because the world is changing and the world is becoming a more open, graceful place to be able to do that and and to feel safe in doing that. And of course, I know that that's not going to be the case for everybody. Um, However, I, I do feel like that's why we're hearing about it more because more people are feeling open enough to to come out and to share their experiences with people versus to to stay in the closet for for a longer period of time. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I think, you know, especially with uh, all the abilities that social media and the internet, um, you know, all the possibilities for connection, you know, now there's more opportunities for trans people, for non-binary and gender diverse people, for, you know, sexual, sexuality diverse people to find their communities and, you know, um, connect with one another when those opportunities aren't always available in, you know, their hometowns mm-hmm. or their cities, um, you know, their workspaces, their families. We have a lot more opportunity to commune and connect with one another um, digitally. 
which I think is definitely lending itself to more people understanding more about themselves and feeling more empowered to come out. And I think, you know, the other part about that too is, you know, there is kind of this um, feeling sometimes, this sentiment of, oh yeah, what is this a trend? Is this, you know, what's going on? Like, I didn't hear about this when I was growing up. Mm. And, you know, one, I think like, that's kind of what you said. There's, there's more support now. So it feels more accessible and safer for some people to come out. But I think the other side of that too is that a lot of people don't realize is trans people and gender diverse people have always existed since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can go back in history and we can find examples of our ancestors everywhere, Um, you know, especially in uh, other communities, you know, especially communities that were not colonized or before they were colonized, um, you know, there was a lot more gender diversity and a lot more openness uh, to that. But, you know, because of, um, you know, different governments, different influences, different um, religious structures, you know, a lot of that was kind of suppressed or even completely taken out of history. Mm-hmm. And there are amazing people that have done the work to archive a lot of that and uh, actually like dig up a lot of our history. But we've always existed yeah. and we always will. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, and I wonder what you think it is a lot of it, you know, we have so many new terms now on how we can, how we can identify sec- our sexual orientation. And I think that that comes again with all this education and I love that you mentioned the internet and there being resources out there for people to feel that sense of community to a complete stranger even I think there's so much power behind that uh and then when you can connect with these people and and learn like oh my gosh like yes I've I've been feeling that same way and now there's a term for this like I had I had no idea here here I you know somebody would say like no I just thought I was queer the whole time or I just I just considered myself gay but it's something so much deeper than that you know it could be pansexual sexual, demisexual, you know, any, any of those things. But, um, I think that's, I I just, I love when I was working with the clients in this field that you could just see that light bulb moment go off when they were able to, you know, feel and get that education and just have that better understanding of themselves. And, um, when, so when you're working with people that are, that are planning to come out, let's say to friends or family members, do you feel that a lot of, a lot of what can help ease that process is, is providing them with education and then giving it to them in a way where they can almost regurgitate it and then deliver it to them to that person that they're coming out to. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, education is such an important piece. And, uh, you know, the, the point that you made about language, it's like, yeah, our language is constantly evolving. You know, there's so many, I myself, like as a member of this community, and I know many other people that feel this way, I don't know everything. I don't know all of the terms. I don't know, you know, I'm constantly learning and educating my own self. I'm growing too. Um, but yeah, you know, with my clients, um, and friends, I'm definitely always trying to uh, empower them with, you know, more education, more knowledge. And like you said, yeah, kind of, you know, going through um, kind of, you know, reciting almost in an affirmational sense, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, these are the things that I know about myself. These are the things that I've learned. And these are ways that I can help communicate that to other people that don't understand. Uh, We've found, you know, uh, with lots of um, studies and research has shown that people that actually 
get to know a trans person or a gender diverse person or you know also that includes other people uh, LG, other people in the lgbtq plus community um if you actually get to know somebody like that it changes your perspective drastically mm-hmm. um you know it's so different than just kind of thinking about things conceptually or reading about it on your own, but actually like having that connection, finding someone online that you want to follow on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, like it really does change people's minds and open up their minds. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we see a lot of what you said, a lot of people realizing, oh my gosh, I actually identify, like I had no idea. I didn't realize I could be this. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I could be a part of this group. And it's really wonderful. It's lovely to see people realize these things about themselves. Yeah, I I agree. That's one of my favorite things. And and to be with those people and in in especially in the work that you're doing to be there to hold their hand almost through that journey and to really help with the uncomfortable things that are coming up or their fears and things that are coming up. I, I love, love, love that part of our work. And so my next question I want to ask is, so when you are, when you're working with somebody or from, you know, even personal experiences, when, what would you say are some of those feelings or worries that come up for somebody that is, that is planning to come out, let's say to a family member, but they're having that, you know, they're feeling really anxious about it. What are the common things that you hear from those people? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think a really common thing that comes up for a lot of people is, you know, I feel this way, but I don't, I don't know how, what to call myself, or I don't know where to fit, you know, um, human beings, like we want to, it's our natural desire to want to label things and categorize things. And, you know, and part of that, I kind of think plays into the uh, desire for community, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can say like, oh, yes, I'm pansexual, then you can find your people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, oh, I'm queer. You can find your people. I'm trans. You can find your people. Um, but I think, you know, I think sometimes people worry, like, um, especially, um, you know, people that get to a certain age. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there's an actual number, but I just, I think probably – adulthood, you know, anytime in adulthood, I think people start to worry that they're too old to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, if they didn't come out in childhood, then are they too old to come out? Or, um, you know, if they have, uh, if their history has been such that, you know, maybe they have always dated a certain type of person and now they want to explore something about their sexuality and their dating life they're worried oh well I've been this way up until this point Mm -hmm. or I thought I was you know I'm worried that it's uh it's too late for me to to do this to make this announcement or make this change and you know I just always want to say to I do say to those clients and people that it's never too late it's never a wrong time um you know you are valid at any point in your life that you uh decide to learn more about yourself or come out and also you know knowing that um as much as we want to label things our labels can change Mm -hmm. you know so um, I mean, that's definitely been the case for me personally and many people I've known, you know, for for most of my life, I identified um, only as a, 
a queer person, but as a cisgender queer person. And now I um, have kind of come to this place where I've realized that I feel more gender diverse. I feel more that I fall kind of into this gender queer, non-binary, um, feminine space. Mm-hmm. Uh, femme space you know uh, but that's something that you know even for me as somebody that does this work and like you said kind of I love to hold people's hands through this it was still it was scary you know mm-hmm. it was it was a big deal like realizing that um, my labels are changing mm-hmm. and you know what is that what does that mean but um, but yeah I mean I, I think a lot of people seem to be you know they worry that yeah they're they're too old for something or they've been a certain way for so long or you know even uh, even further like you know maybe they've identified as uh trans feminine for a while and then they realize oh you know I actually feel more non-binary mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing too and it's like yeah it's okay it's all right to grow and change and yeah. learn new language to describe yourself yeah absolutely and so for, for people that are planning to come out, do you feel that it's best for them to kind of have this, have this plan going into it and, and have almost a list of resources to give to people or kind of a, a list or just an arsenal of, of comebacks, if you will, and based on how they might respond? So I would say in, in terms of like having an extensive preparation going into that coming out uh, conversation, or do you feel like it's better for them to just go, just go with it just say what you need to say and take it, you know, take whatever comes at you in that moment? Yeah, I, um, I think that's a wonderful question. And I think that it definitely kind of depends on the individual. You know, for some people, it feels very empowering to kind of have this moment of, yes, I've realized this about myself, you know, I'm coming out world. And, um, you know, and it, yeah, it feels, it feels very empowering and strong and powerful to, um, to kind of define themselves in this very clear way. And for other people, you know, there's, um, more anxiety and it's a much slower process. I think that everyone, um, no matter where, you know, how you're feeling about how you want to come out, I think that everyone can definitely benefit from um, more education mm-hmm. and time spent with community. And again, you know, that doesn't have to be in person. That can be digitally or over the phone or through text or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely great to have resources. I think, I think it also, it really depends on, you know, your particular situation and where you're trying to come out because coming out to your family is very different than coming out at work, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and then there's, you know, there's varying degrees of safety as well. You know, like I'm a white person. I'm red as a white female, red as a white cis person. Um, and there comes a lot of privilege with that. Uh, and, you know, there's, I don't have to worry about the same things that uh, many of my siblings in this community do. And so, you know, I think that's also part of it too. It's like knowing what is really safe for you. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, um, while they want to be out and proud, you know, they live in a situation where it would not be safe for them to be out with who they live with or with their family, or they work at a place where, you know, 
they will, they could potentially lose their job or lose, you know, their security uh, if they come out. So I think, you know, also taking that into consideration and, you know, all of us in the community and allies to the community, remembering that not everyone can have the same coming out experience. But um, yeah, you know, I think if somebody is wanting help to do that, I just help them, you know, I try to help them kind of evaluate, yeah, like, where is it that you want to come out and like what space mm-hmm. and you know what are you um hoping to get from that yeah you know because sometimes it's just I'm hoping to speak my truth and let the chips fall where they may and for some people it's well you know I'm hoping for a level of acceptance I'm hoping for you know a celebration or whatever and I think you know those instances definitely need their own special set support. Yeah, absolutely. And if we could shift gears a little bit, something that you said um, sparked this question for me, but let's say somebody is very new into this community, very new to coming out uh, and they're single. So, and can we talk about a little bit about coming out in, in dating situations and when, when is the right time for that? Do you, do you do that on the first date? If let's say if you're, if you're not immediately identified, um, you know, or, or gendered correctly, let's say, do you express that right away? Do you wait a few dates that, you know, and think I get this question often, specifically to, you know, talking about what, what genitalia you're, you have assigned to you, you know, if you're not, if you're expressing opposite of that, when, when does that conversation sort of come up? Yeah, that's um, a really great question. And it's a very, it's a, you know, it's a very delicate and individual situation for sure. Um, You know, again, like, we have to look at, um, you know, what is, what is this, you know, safety? What are we going to, um, what are we trying to achieve and how are we going to keep ourselves safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that there, you know, there's kind of multiple schools of thought on that. Um, and, you know, I personally think that, um, you know, many, there's, there's many right answers to this question. Yeah. I think ultimately, Ultimately, you know, it has to come down to what that person feels comfortable doing, um, you know, what they feel safe doing. And I think that, you know, if you feel if you feel safe and comfortable in it early on, I think it is a good thing to have those conversations because, you know, you want to start any relationship being as honest and truthful as you can. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, I think there also is this kind of narrative that especially specifically transgender people owe people disclosure. Mm-hmm. And I don't personally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I I don't agree, you know, that anyone, you know, on a first or second or third date has to disclose anything about their genitalia or their, you know, uh, I think that, you know, yeah, I, I don't I don't think trans people owe anybody um, outing themselves. Got it. Uh, you know, but I but again, like I do think that you know approaching relationships with as much transparency and honesty as you can, um, you know, is a good thing to do. Uh, again, like keeping your safety number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are, I think there are opportunities to kind of start having certain types of conversations that don't necessarily out you 
but give you a chance to kind of know when you're thinking about going on a date or going on a date with somebody, kind of give you a better idea about what kind of a person they are and what kind of, you know, do they have any understanding of this community? Do they have, um, you know, uh, experience? Do they have friends in this community? Excuse me. And, um, you know, like, do they seem like somebody that's going to be an affirming and open and safe person for you to talk to? And, you know, that can be very hard when you're dating. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't always know our safety, uh, you know, how, how our safety is going to be. But that, again, um, you know, I also recommend that people go on dates with groups, mm-hmm. go on dates with friends. Uh, you know, there is nothing wrong with that. Like, of course, we want to get to know each other more intimately, more romantically, um, more personally, one-on-one one but you know there is time for that and always putting our safety as community members first and kind of being there you know like or have a friend close by you know Mm -hmm. have a friend on speed dial like you know have plans I, I definitely always encourage people to kind of have personal safety plans and it can feel like a little bit of overkill sometimes like why do I have to do this why do I have to go to extra links but you know we it it is scary and dangerous out there sometimes too so yeah it's good it's good to have those plans I love that recommendation of to maybe start with a group date or a few group dates until you can establish that sense of trust or safety with somebody I think that's I think that's wonderful and I I know there's one one thing to definitely be true about the LGBT plus community is that it is a very strong like solid ass community right like when you find like you said when you find your people like they're your people like they they show up for one another and I I absolutely love that and so I think that's that's a great tip and maybe for somebody listening to this if you haven't yet found your community um we can maybe Sarah you can share some some great um you know ally accounts that people can follow or or things that they can search for on Instagram or within social media to be able to to find and connect with people even if it's not on a local basis I have a laundry list, love. (laughs) I will be happy to send you so many things that you can pop in the show notes or we can share online. Yes, I I love that. I love connecting people. My husband, Rocky, and I both do. We love to connect people to resources and community all over the country and internationally, honestly, even so. Yeah, that's amazing. So in, um, in our final sort of conversation here, I swear this time flies by when you record, especially when it's something you're so passionate and enjoy, enjoy talking about. Um, but I'm curious, what would you say? So with somebody that's planning to come out, are there any just general, general tips that you would give to them to kind of help prepare, kind of ease the stress that might come along with this? So first of all, um, yeah, I just want to remind anyone that is feeling, you know, like they want to come out that first of all, you are valid. You are valid just as you are. You are perfect just as you are. Um, You don't have to feel this pressure to kind of justify, you know, the point that you're at in your life where the... um, you know, you don't, you don't owe anybody any justification. If you want to change your name, your pronouns, if you want people to understand that you identify as a different sexuality than you did before, um, that your gender is actually, you know, um, your gender pronouns have updated, anything like that, you know, uh, you are valid. And, um, 
you know, you, you deserve to live in your truth and be affirmed in that. And, um, you know, if your coming out experience isn't always affirming at first, there are people and there is a community waiting for you with open arms to love you and uplift you and support you. Mm -hmm. So please don't be discouraged if, um, you know, if certain people close to you have a hard time, um, or, you know, even worst case scenario, if certain people don't accept it, um, you know yourself better than anybody else Mm -hmm. knows you and you know who you are and you deserve to, yeah, live in that empowered. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And one thing that I was talking about, uh, somebody recently with was that you have to think about, you, you know, the person that's coming out, think about the time that you spent on your journey, right? Think about the time that it took for you to discover this and, and go through all these things and really, really figure out who you are as a person and what feels best for you. And then giving that person a little bit of grace on the other end, let's say if it wasn't maybe the reaction that you were hoping for, or it, it wasn't a healthy reaction, or it was a negative reaction, let's say even, I will say like giving, giving those people giving them some space, right? Maybe those are the people that you do try to uh, connect with in a community. You do maybe provide some resources too. I know Netflix has some great documentaries and things like that too, and and movies that you people can watch. So it's a little bit more light, you know? Um, But I will say, you know, just putting it into that, that mindset, right? Like you took this many months, years even to go through this process you know, give this, give this person some grace because they're, they literally are going to react in a matter of seconds. Right. And so, um, it's, it's, they need the time sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Giving people the time to, yeah, process and come up with their own questions. Uh, Absolutely. I agree. Um, and I also think too, you know, it's really important. uh, Of course, it's important for us to empower, um, you know, our siblings and loved ones who uh, are coming out, but it's also important for us as allies to find ways to be more supportive when people come out too, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I think that's a big part of it. It's like, I completely agree that, you know, we need to have space and openness, you know, if we're the one coming out, we need to have space and openness for our loved ones to process that. And then also as loved ones, you know, we need to do a little bit of work on our own time because the chances are, um, if you don't know somebody right now that is trans or gender diverse or or someone that is gay or queer or pansexual, you might not know them now, but you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chances are mm-hmm. you will meet them. You will know them. You will love them. And so, you know, do a little bit of work on your own time to kind of, you know, try to find ways to be supportive. If someone does come out to you, yeah. there are a lot of ways to do that. And I have some great articles I can link you to as well. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I want I wanted to ask about that and kind of, you know, do a little bit of role reversal and, and speak for, on this topic from the person that is receiving the news or being the person that somebody is coming out to. Too, what what is the best thing for for somebody to say in that moment like okay great like thank you for telling me or I love you no matter what you know I feel like there's such a there's such a um it's it's so black and white if you will on what you can say in those moments and something might sound good to you and and seem open to you but the the other person might not take it that way you know 
Yes, absolutely. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I think, you know, the best thing to do, first of all, is to, you know, tell that person that you hear them, you love them, and that you really appreciate them being so open with you because that took a huge amount of courage and bravery for them to, to share that with you. So yeah, I think, you know, first, right out the gate, just affirm them mm-hmm. and, you know, tell them that, okay, yeah, I hear you, I see you, and it is. it makes me feel so special that you would entrust me with this precious information. And, um, you know, and then I think as much as you can, um, you know, I encourage people to celebrate in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, find the moment of celebration. There's lots of time for more conversations and questions to be answered. But in that moment, you know, that is a very, um, it's a fragile space for people that are coming out to be in. So I think, you know, affirm them first off and then, you know, try to find that moment of celebration really early on, you know, Mm -hmm. yay, this is a great thing. Like, I'm glad that you realize this about yourself. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to learn how to support you better. And then, you know, I think when we kind of get into the, um, moving forward, then, you know, asking them, is there, um, is there something that I can do specifically to affirm you? Do you want me to change the pronouns that I use for you? Is there a name that you would prefer I call you by? Um, you know, and then if you have the capacity for it, uh, continuing on with things like, you know, would you like me to support you in coming out to someone else? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want me to be there as your emotional support or, you know, just a person to hold your hand when you call your mom or, you know, would you like me to help you um, figure out how to come out at work? Maybe we can contact HR and we can talk about that, um, you know, together. I can be an ally for you. Um, but yeah, you know, first off, just affirming them, loving mm-hmm. them, reminding them that you're there. And while you might not understand everything immediately, you're going to do the work to try to understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's beautiful. And I love everything about that. And I'm so pumped to get all of these resources from you to link into the show notes, because I know that there's, I know that there's people that listen to this, to this podcast that are just hungry for this information and um, sometimes just don't know where to go, or maybe are, are nervous to search things, you know, on, on the internet and, and whatnot. So I think Absolutely. this is so great. And you mentioned pronouns, and I wanted to mention this too. I'm, I'm feeling really proud of the fact that uh, as we're recording this episode, you know, Instagram's new thing, they added pronouns to your Instagram yes. profile. Uh, I, that is, that is literally amazing. So if you have not yet checked that out, that is one way that you can be seen and identified very quickly on social media as somebody that is an ally and just being a person that understands, understands this community and, and, you know, and you're a person that can show up for them. Yes, I love that you mentioned, um, you know, as an ally, adding your pronouns, because I think a lot of people assume that the pronoun thing is only for non-binary people or trans people, gender diverse people. But no, pronouns are for all of us. We all use pronouns. Mm -hmm. We might not think we do, but we do. And um, yeah, I think it's like you said, Rachel, it's a wonderful way to kind of show that you are supportive um, and open and, you know, you're an ally to this community or you're part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I'm so proud of Instagram for doing that. Yes. Yeah. There's some things I want to cut Instagram for, but that is one yeah. thing that I'm thankful that they have move. done. Good move. Yeah. Good, good job. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, this has been so great, Sarah. Again, thanks for coming on. Um, what, what, tell us about any of the work that you're doing right now, or do you have any, anything in the works that people can, um, look you up on Instagram? They can see some of the fun things that you're doing in your life. Yes, yes. Please find me on Instagram at the Sarah Swafford, um, and also uh, on Instagram at SwirlBabyTV. Um, that is the page and channel I run with my husband. And um, also find us on YouTube at SwirlBabyTV. It's all one word. Uh, we are actually, yeah, we have a, a lot of really fun stuff coming up for um, Pride Month for June. Um, we're going to be releasing a lot of new video content soon on there and um yeah and like you know definitely instagram my instagram be sarah swafford for um more like personalized uh coaching and advocacy related mm -hmm. uh shenanigans <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it and yeah we will link all of those in the show notes as well um so you can see in the show title here but it's sarah s-a-r-a-h Last name is Swafford, S-W-O-F-F-O-R-D, in case you're looking for her immediately right now on Instagram, unless you're driving, of course. <laughs> um, but again, thank you, Sarah. This was this was so great. And I think you, the work that you're doing and just the person that you are, there there needs to be more people out in the world like you because your, your energy and your openness and just your bubbliness, if you could see her right now, you know, your smile is just one of the most contagious smiles I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so <laughs> thankful to that our, that our paths have crossed. You are such a love, Rachel. I am so grateful to you. I'm so grateful for that uh, amazing, I don't know, I don't know if you call it a class, <laughs> but that amazing program that we did together. Yes. That, yeah, like you said, that was just such a wonderful experience. And I'm so grateful for you and all, all that you do for this community and for women. And I just, yeah, I love your work. It's an honor to be able to do this with you. Aw, thank you. Well, it, definitely go check out Sarah's profile, you guys. Give her a follow. And if you have any questions or anything about this this episode that you want to follow up with her on, I, I know that she'll be somebody that would just be delighted to speak with you more um, and, and maybe help with your journey as, as well as if, if you're one of those people listening to that. So yes, please contact me anytime. <laughs> All right. Until next time, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a thing. And if you loved it so fucking much, be sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see you next week. And until then, keep owning your sexual self.